This episode of Make Your Pitch is brought to you by BET. As a business owner, have you ever asked, uh, how is my business ensuring profitability and sustainability? Uh, or does my business drive its growth and agenda through a defined strategy? Maybe also, is there a performance management system in place? If you hesitated to answer any of these questions, you need to take a look at the Business Enabling Toolbox, BET. To find out more about BET, check the show notes of this episode. This is Make Your Pitch. I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. Together, we chat with entrepreneurs with great ideas, looking for investors to back their vision. We want to be sure investors are there as well as to find the next big hit. So let's get started. And a great big welcome to Make Your Pitch. As you know, our episodes are full of ideas and concepts, uh, even experts, but more importantly, startup companies who have things that they are presenting not only to the region or the state or the country, but to the world that will make a difference. And that's what I like about what we do on this particular podcast. I hope uh, all of our investors who are watching are watching very closely today because we have a project that I particularly am very, very fond of. And uh, the project is called Tap Tap Medic. Now, with that being said, there are two people involved here that are uh, a great bonding, it appears to me. As we've talked in the past, they seem to be very, very compatible to build a business like this. But before we introduce them, I'd like to introduce a guest co-host. As most of you know, I have uh, Ellen J. Harris as my co-host for Maker Pitch. But today I brought in another extremely talented business person in order to listen to and to comment on and to analyze what our guests have to offer. So I'd like to introduce to you my guest co-host, Tony Canzala. Thank you, Chris. Uh, it's uh, wonderful to be here, and I appreciate the invitation, and I hope that uh, I can bring some value to everybody today, and looking forward to our wonderful guests, uh, Andrew and Henrietta. And that uh, I think that will be a, a certainty, as a matter of fact, because we have had a chance to understand a little bit about what they are doing uh, and, and bringing actually to the world. Uh, so I'm very, very proud to introduce them, uh, Tap Tap Medic, and I'll let you guys take it away. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Tony. Um, so thank you for the introduction that this is an opportunity to get our uh, journey out into the world. Like all exciting journeys, uh, they always start with a single step. And that single step actually goes back several decades um, to give you a bit of background. So going back to my former life, when I was, for my sins, I was a banker. I was working in India. And that was a bit of an epiphany for me because this is where I got to experience firsthand some of the inequalities that affect global healthcare. And I saw this poster 
provided by the WHO, the World Health Organization, in a local hospital, uh, which gave five steps for safer surgery. And they literally were basically, if you operate on a patient, remember to stitch them back up again. Remember to wash your hands, count the implements, make sure you don't stitch them into the, into the, the patient's body. And that really resonated with me that there is such a profound difference in the healthcare that I was experiencing in my life, quite a gilded life at the time, to what other people in other countries um, experience. Now, wind the clock back, uh, sorry, wind the clock forward several years after that, I went back in the world. I've had a reasonably successful business career. I ended up selling a business a few years ago and was sort of sitting back and contemplating what I wanted to do next. And I got a chance to get involved with a leading uh, university in the States who had been working on the thorny problem of how do you train healthcare givers in some of the more rural parts of the world. And this is a challenge which, when I researched it, again, started to resonate with me. I think according to the WHO, there are 57 countries uh, worldwide that have a chronic shortage of experienced caregivers. And on this particular product, uh, product development, they'd had IBM involved for quite a period of time. And IBM walked away from the project saying that it was impossible to deliver. And that for me, for someone who's been described previously as a professional maverick, that was like a, a really big green flag to me to go and get stuck in. And we ended up developing a prototype of what has now become TapTap Medic for less than $100,000 and in less than eight months. And that prototype has already saved a single life. And hopefully during the course of this conversation, we'll give you a little bit more insight as to what this idea is all about. But as this uh, concept started to develop uh, arms and legs and go crazy as all the best businesses do, I realized I needed to bring in a, a very good and competent team of people to help me on this particular journey. And this is, uh, you've got to remember, a little bit different my past life, which was banking and financial services. So I was very pleased to be able to bring Henrietta into the team. It feels like about 10 years ago, Henrietta, but I'm sure it was about 10 months ago. Um, and Henrietta came on board, on board early this year as chief exec of TapTap Medic and has really been leading the day-to-day -day, uh, activities on this, uh, this roller coaster ride that we've been on and as we start to get traction. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, it really has been a roller coaster ride. But I think as passion projects go, you could not ask for um, one that could be potentially so rewarding. Um, we are, we've been working with a um, professor of obstetrics at Kenyatta University in Kenya, and he um, was involved from the beginning with this protocol. And he wanted us to in, in, grow it into becoming something that would work for him and all his patients who are the poorest, poorest people. Um, you know, they have very, very little. And there are, when I say there are, there is few caregivers, there are 500 midwives in Kenya, across Kenya, and there are probably a minimum of 1.5 million births each year. So their caseload is overwhelming and their support is minimal. So we have created a app, which is delivered to their mobile phone, um, to the patient's mobile phone and to the caregiver's mobile phone, 
surprisingly, the uptake of mobile phones is, is nearly 95%. Um, the African economies have made that leapfrog jump to using mobile phone for all their transactions. So they are very familiar with it as a use for commercial life. And it is the single way that we know that we can get them to engage with their caregivers. Sadly, um, a lot of women will become pregnant and then they won't even go to a doctor. They might just give birth in their village. There'll be terrible uh, problems around bleeding to death, preeclampsia, babies born and then dying within the first 24 hours simply through a lack of knowledge. And what we aim to deliver is a way of advising them when they need to get help, reminding them when they need to go to the doctor and carrying their, all their details with on, in that phone. So on your app, they will have their digital patient record and that will, you know, their name, their address, whether their vaccinations, whether they have TB, malaria, AIDS, any of that. Um, and that will then be supported by a pregnancy tracker, which will chart their pregnancy, remind them what supplements to take, uh, remind them when their next antenatal appointment is. Also, the um, protocols, we'll have three developed protocols by the time we go um, live, which will be postpartum hemorrhage, preeclampsia, and uh, neonatal resuscitation. So therefore, that woman will be able to, if she's at home, she starts bleeding, she can go on the app, it'll tell her what to do, there'll be an emergency button, and if she presses that emergency button, a signal will be sent out to the caregivers within a 15 to 20 kilometer radius, and either a ambulance will go to her or she'll be told she needs to go to the emergency room. So the other end of that is that the caregivers will have a voice activated uh, protocol, which was uh, like Andrew developed in the beginning, which will tell them within the clinic, you know, you're in a, you're in a room, imagine the clinic in Africa, it's nothing like a, a hospital room we're all used to. It's a, like a garage almost. And there will be 15 women in there giving birth. And there may not even be, there may be one midwife. And so the person who's going to have to try and save the lives of these women might be a security guard or a cleaner. And they will, but using this app, using the voice activated protocol, they will be told where to press, what, what the blood pressure should be. When that blood pressure is um, announced, they'll know what drugs to give. And we know from our research, it's already using that protocol and being not used by a midwife has saved lives. So um, we do think that it is, well, we know from the reaction we've got that it is desperately needed, desperately needed out there. But more, most importantly, we're making it, um, what it isn't is a not-for-profit because it needs to stand on its own two feet. It needs to make um, support people in country, create jobs. And we are very clear that this is something that will be a profitable and um, sustainable solution to some of the very, very, very challenging problems out there. Would just you agree? to stress some of those points if I can, Henrietta, because I think they're key ones that you've just made. Um, this is a very commercial enterprise that we are uh, we're setting up. The, the aim of this, yes, it is to save lives and reduce what I think are referred to as preventable deaths globally. 
uh, and some of these preventable death rates in the areas that we're targeting. So specifically, sub-Saharan Africa is going to be the, the primary focus for 2022 uh, through to 2024. Uh, those death rates can be 500% higher mm. than they are, for example, in uh, Europe and the USA. Although some areas of the USA, those rates are still um, quite high. Um, but the one of the key other uh, outputs, if you like, from this venture is that we want this to be run by local people. So we will be recruiting and training and upskilling people in the local area to build and generate local economic and social value. That's a very, very important uh, facet of this, of this business. In doing so, that uh, perversely helps these people to get more uh, ease of access to mainstream healthcare where there is this, I think it's referred to as an inverse care law that was first described back in the 1970s, which fundamentally says those that need uh, the least access to healthcare systems globally have the highest level of access to it. And this is traditionally because of uh, yeah, inequality across uh, income, occasionally on some other you know, socioeconomic factors. So we're looking at saving lives, but we're also looking at improving the economic and social value of the local communities that we work in. That's a key, key thing for us. So tell me, if you would, uh, Henrietta or Andrea, the, um, the distribution of the actual devices, how, how will that uh, or how do you perceive that might happen? So it'll be, it'll be downloaded at the clinic their first antenatal appointment downloaded onto their mobile phone. It will go onto any mobile phone 3G upwards. So it will work on old Androids, old iPhones, or something like a rocket phone. Um, and it will be able to work offline. Um, yes, yeah, so it'll just be downloaded in the, in the clinics and maintained so, from that way. So when you say it's offline, um, and you say that it's voice activated, how does that technology actually trans translate to uh, somebody that that needs help that's live um, uh, help me understand the, the offline sure. part of it if you would so fundamentally the again a, a core element of this is we don't want to overcomplicate what is already a complex problem so the technology we're using is what we would refer to as being everyday technology dare I even say yeah older technology for us in the in the developed world in inverted commas but fundamentally, this device will talk to the patient or the inexperienced caregiver. It will speak either in a local accent dialect. Uh, so it will speak currently in a Kenyan or Nigerian accent, for, uh, for example. Uh, we also plan to, to uh, release in local uh, uh, language. So, for example, it will speak in uh, Zulu and uh, local languages in the areas that we're going we're gonna to move into. But the key element of that is it provides calming reassurance to the person who's on the other end. So rather than this just being something you may read on the screen, and we've got a factor in here, of course, that the, the literacy levels in our target audience is very, very low. So voice activated is better. It's got a calming effect, which we tested with the uh, midwife group we worked with in 2018, 2019. Um, and also the device has the capability that if the network coverage for whatever reason is not available, it will still function offline. So that whole voice engine will still operate even in, in the absence of any network signal. 
And then when the device is, is back into a network coverage area, yeah, the record will be updated and the data will be transferred, et cetera. That solves a, a lot of problems as far as the areas of the country which don't really have good service. Mm. Uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's, kind of a, it's kind of the main plan. The plan B actually is service, I guess, isn't it? It's, it's quite an interesting one. So when we were doing the testing in uh, rural Kenya, for example, Chris, I was quite surprised that the 5G coverage in rural Kenya is better than we get in London. Yeah. Now, that isn't going to be the case everywhere, which is why we, we've made a, a, a mainstay of this, is that it has to function no matter where you are. So even if you're working in a Faraday cage, this device will still work. But, uh, how, how do I learn about this? Uh, and it's, uh, yeah. if, if I'm a, a person out there, it, it just in general, just, just put Kenya down as the, uh, hmm. the main topic. I don't have an answer for that. Excuse me for that. Uh, but the uh, Kenya as a, as a whole, how many people can really learn about this? Well, they'll be able to learn about it when it'll be put out through all the, through the um, health network. So we'll go from for county to county, each has its own health board. And um, we're going to do initially do it through Kenyatta University, which has its own four counties, which it covers for their uh, maternity, uh, maternity care. And it will then go through. We want to keep it as as we want to do it all through clinics and through the government networks. So then it becomes a prerequisite because obviously the other thing we can do, which is very important, is we'll be able to separate out the, the digital patient record for use across the, gov um, the general population for recording of, for example, coronavirus vaccinations, where there is the, uh, currently in, in developing countries, there's no system for recording them at all. And, and the, the other issue to remember there is in Africa is that people keep their patient notes with them. So at the moment, currently you'd go to a, a hospital appointment, it all gets written down on a piece of paper and then you take it away home. So now it can just be stored on your phone. Okay, do, you, do you see any growth here? Uh, you've got it specifically designed uh, for a very, very life-saving process. Do you uh, see it also offering other services in the future uh, for other health purposes? Absolutely. Can, yeah, sorry, you go on, Andrew. So the, the intent here, Chris, is that uh, the way that the core uh, logic flow has been designed is that we can add to these Merkle trees, if you like, different protocols. So we've already mentioned, I think, the, the initial three protocols, which are going to be postpartum hemorrhage, preeclampsia, neonatal resuscitation. We also want to get into uh, some of the other leading causes of preventable or, or amenable death. So, for example, uh, diarrhea is a leading cause of uh, infant mortality in sub-Saharan Africa. That's a relatively easy protocol that we can add. So the whole construct of this has been designed that we can bolt on protocols yeah, as this thing progresses. And the intent is we're going to build a community group yeah, on into the uh, architecture as well. And again, that just expands the capacity of what we can, we can add to the service delivery in yeah, phase two, phase three. I, I know you told me you have an MVP right now, and you also gave a, a, mentioned an example of someone who actually benefited from it. Can you uh, expand on that? 
Uh, sure. I'll, I'll give you two examples if I, if I can, Chris. The first one's quite um, sad. And this was before we had the MVP. So when I was in uh, rural Kenya doing the first wave of actually scoping for what this device would need to look like and how the kind of environment it would need to operate in, uh, there was a young lady, 23 years old, who had uh, got pregnant out of wedlock. And because of that, yes, she wouldn't get any family or community support. And in the late stage, the final trimester, she started to bleed. She was having a, an antibiotic hemorrhage. And she walked to her local uh, maternity clinic. It took her five days to walk while she was hemorrhaging. And sadly, that young lady who I did actually meet, um, she couldn't be saved. She passed, but we managed to save the child. So there's a real example of the type of uh, circumstance we're looking to address. On the upside, and that was a ter terribly sad event, obviously, on the upside, when we did the first MVP testing in 2019, coming into 2020, uh, we left some of the devices we'd been doing the testing. We deliberately, we effectively gifted them to the midwives we'd been working with. And these were a range of Samsung and other Android phones and tablets. And about two weeks after I got back, I got a, a, a lovely WhatsApp message from one of the midwives saying that she'd had cause to use the, the device that weekend and it had saved her life. And, and that to me was just, that was payback for all of the hours of blood, sweat, tears that have gone into this thing. That was a fantastic feeling. Then that uh, really tells us there's no, uh, no estimating how many lives this can affect or save in it, uh, as, as it moves forward, is there? You can't even estimate no. that. But uh, if you to put a bit of context around it, uh, some recent data, I was looking at a report just yesterday, Henrietta knows this, uh, that even on current data, uh, four out of 10 births in sub-Saharan Africa are not attended by any caregiver. There are, yeah, so there's no skill, no expertise. So if anything goes wrong, there is no assistance available to these young mothers. And that's so basically they're on, they're on their own. And if there's somebody that's somewhere nearby, they yeah. might be able to help them with your yeah. uh, application. Of course, your app, anybody can kind of be, be coached yep. through and help them get through that. That's that's amazing. You've got you, you mentioned earlier about passion projects. Um, so you labelled this as as what you've done in the past. Is that how you see this as well? Or yes, no. This this uh, well, this this consumes every waking minute of every day. Um, but it's moved beyond a passion project now to being an all-consuming project. <laughs> that's yeah. I think yeah. Henrietta and I would both agree that. Uh, there's no rest until this one reaches its full potential. No. Let's pause for a moment so we can hear from our sponsor for this episode. I have just set up our customer relation management system using CRM Engine, not just for its many options, but because its price is well below that of the big boys. The CRM Engine team set up all that we needed to keep track of our contacts, including those who are scheduled to pitch, our investors, and strategic partners. We now know when we met, what was said, when to follow up, and includes an auto email system to stay in touch timely. It keeps us focused on what makes Maker Pitch what it is, the people. 
So to learn how to keep your business in touch with your clients using CRM Engine, go to the show notes of this episode. So now, let's let's move on to uh, let's let's move on to the financial side, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you are right now looking for an investment to do what with in order to move yourself forward. So <clears throat> we're looking for one point five million sterling to um, finish building the app and the three protocols. That will move us into a proof of concept phase which will happen through the um, auspices of Kenyatta University. So we're going through they are their review board now to facilitate that. And at the end of that proof of concept, we will, which will be a three month process, um, which gets us to Q2 next year. We will then be in a position to start rolling it out and present to the government our proof of concept prior to them getting their okay to, you know, getting their backing to roll it out as a national national requisite requirement for their patients. So that will get us 1.5 million then gets us to cash positive in November, 2024. 2024, okay. And so with- Without without government support. So don't forget, this is something that's free to the patient. They're not paying for it. Yeah, okay. So there's no no charge at all to the, for the use of it? No charge at all. So, but the world, it will be supported. At the moment, we're digitizing something that the government already pays for, which is the, 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 the mother and infant leaflet, which every mother is issued with at her antenatal appointment. So that is the core for the, for the digital patient record for the mothers and infants. The government already paid for that. Uh, Professor Wanyara is of the opinion that um, it's a simple swap over. I'm not going to rely on African governments to to necessarily um, commit to that kind of thing, not least because their budgets are so tight. So we are therefore going to make it, um, there will be um, advertising revenue. um, And with that advertising revenue to a very, very targeted audience um, and as a very conservative CPM, we we will be cash positive on November 24th. And with with the money, tell me, me, uh, very precisely, if you don't mind, how is going to be spent? It's going to be spent on building the app. It's going to be spent on um, doing the proof of concept, so paying for the midwives, paying for the um, people who are going to be involved in that training and testing. Um, very small staff. We'll have a small company of maybe six to seven people initially on the ground um, in Kenya, rolling it out, a small marketing budget. And as we grow, we're going to start in Kenya and we also want to go simultaneously into Rwanda, which is a very interesting target audience for us, not least because uh, over 50% of MPs are women in Rwanda and it's had an extraordinary resurgence um, after the massacre and the genocide. Um, So that is our secondary target. So that will obviously facilitate a second office um, and more people on the ground there. But it's 20% at the side of Kenya. So okay, that's, now, how that's how it works. All right. Now, it, uh, as an investor, though, I'm going to ask you, uh, it, what percentage of each? Do you have a, a budgeted plan of how that money is spent in a percentage? I'm going to spend X number here, X number there, and so forth, because an investor wants to know those things. I think we'll be spending, at max out, we'll spend 30%, uh, 
30% on of that on the development, initial development of the app, of that 1.5. Um, I'm hoping it's not going to be more. Um, we will then spend another 10 to 15% doing the proof of concept. And the rest will then go forward to working capital for the second year. Okay. Now, with it, uh, again, back to investment, how is investment structured? Uh, uh, is it equity or what, uh, yeah. what plan do you so have? It's, it, it'll be 30%, um, share 30% of the company at a valuation of 5, point million, uh, 5 million uh, sterling. It'll okay. go in as equity. Okay. It, uh, are you going to accept uh, fractional investments or not? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're very keen. We're very keen. Um, that people who invest have a understanding and passion for what we're doing. It's it's um, investing in something like this needs people who who have a have an understanding of what we're trying to do and a and a, and a understanding. I think of Africa, maybe people who've who um, have been there and seen what the, the problems there are. Maybe have invested in it before maybe if invested in, in something similar to this, because I think what this project needs more than anything is goodwill and support, because it's going to take a, a, uh, an under, a, a seriously caring and passionate sort of person to understand what we're trying to do, I think. You can't, you, it's not for somebody who, who um, Hasn't hasn't got experience probably in either health tech or or Africa, and I say that in rather um, maybe I'm, I'm putting people off by saying that, but I think it's important that people understand that you're investing in an area which is is not for everybody. What what is your uh, projected return on investment? Well, it, it's pretty amazing, really, isn't it, Andrew? Yeah, I think if you look at the ROIs, I don't have the figures in front of me, and I probably should have. Um, but you, as, as stated from the outset, this is this is a, a commercial venture. The ROIs, particularly when you uh, you consider the the advertising revenues coming in on top of the the funding potentially from the government, um, are very very strong. Yeah, I'm, I'm loath to give you a figure without the without the spreadsheets in front of me, but we have. Um, I'm not a finance guy, despite my career in banking, but we have very good, very detailed yeah, five-year financial plans, financial forecasts um, by our finance guy, who is, yeah, I would say, top end in his in his market. But this is something which is, I think it ticks, it ticks numerous boxes for me, but it ticks the feel-good factor, but it certainly ticks the, you know, the smile on your face if you're uh, an investor uh, box as well. The ROIs are very good. Sorry, Andrew, I, I, I mean, I shouldn't have let you do that. But basically, our monthly revenues at the end of year five, are, we're looking at around £150,000 a month. So that is, that's just on advertising alone. So if you get government support as well, the revenues are pretty high. And that's before you consider the possibility of selling uh, data from the patient records, which are given the, the unbelievably targeted um, market we have, are the value in that is really amazing. Are you are you're again, talking, about, talking about gross or net revenue there? Gross. Okay. 
Now, can can you give me a give me a net net figure because that's where well, that's where the profits come from. Okay. <laughs> well, I think I'd I'd need Mark to uh, be here to tell you that. Unfortunately, he's off in Germany with his having not seen his child for ten months. So I we wanted him to be on tonight, but I'd rather he was talking of those figures to you. All right, very good. But you you can provide uh, complete documentation on projections. Yep. Yep. We've got uh, all of that. A, a point of Okay. Complete data room, which is available to interested parties. There's five-year financials yeah, and all, all of the usual yeah, detailed stuff, functional requirements, technical specification is, is all available. But uh, you know, I already know your passion in this, but what is your real vision? What, what do you feel in your heart right now about this project? I, I'll jump in if I may. <laughs> yeah, sir. Um, I seriously want to address, and I know this passion is shared with Henrietta, to address the inequality in global healthcare systems. Yeah, uh, this, if you take Kenya as a, as a case in point, a huge amount of money has been spent at national and international level, at governmental level, in trying to address this problem. We fundamentally think that that approach was wrong because it was feeding the hopper at the top. We're addressing this, we're the only ones that we're aware of that is addressing this problem from the patient upwards. So my aim with this, I would love to see this yeah, succeed in Kenya, in Rwanda, across sub-Saharan uh, Africa. But as I said earlier, there, there is a very high percentage, 57 countries globally that have this kind of problem, where you have millions, literally millions of preventable deaths every year. I would honestly like to see this in every one of those territories. Have, have you been uh, recognized by any major medical associations on this project yet? No, we, we, it's something we're, we're looking at. Um, I think probably the biggest kudos I've, we've got with this to date is that IBM said it was impossible. And, and we delivered a working prototype within eight months. Uh, we could take this, and we've been in conversation with several foundations. Um, foundations are quite interesting, as I'm sure a lot of your audience will know. They're quite um, uh, quite a disparate group to work with on occasion, and we probably sit at a little bit of a, at a crossroads for those guys because yeah, we're coming at this through a commercial lens. We want to build businesses locally. We want to employ local people. Um, would we go back through that route and you know, seek some type of accreditation or whatever? Yeah, if, if it's appropriate to do so, if it's going to help the journey, absolutely. If it's not going to help the journey, probably not, is the, is the honest answer. Okay. And uh, Henrietta, do you think those uh, accreditations are important to you? Um, yes, I think they are. I think they will be. I think that um, what's very interesting about this project is, is – I have yet to encounter anybody who said to me, you're mad, this is never gonna work, which a lot of people do when we're trying to do business in Africa, but they've all gone, this is, this is the answer, this is what we need. And we had a very um, constructive conversation um, with a major NGO out in, Af in Africa who, who just said, this is, this, is, this is what we need. So I think, I think it is important, um, but as Andrew says, it's got to be something that helps us on our journey rather than just doing it. And, and I, I think what Andrew and I definitely have in common is we're not, neither of us are people who do things just to make things look good. And 
you know, we, we are not given to um, virtue signaling. We're a bit more, we're a bit more. Um, ne- it's um, yeah, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you don't get very little bullshit out of the pair of us. It's either yes or no, isn't it? We don't mess about. Sounds like it sounds like Ed, uh, uh, Andrew's uh, maverick has rubbed off on you, Henrietta. So. <laughs> well, I try and rub the corners off him a bit, but I have to. Yes, I mean, but the thing is, otherwise, I, I one of the things I find very, very um, frustrating uh, in business sometimes is hours and hours in meetings, and at the end of it, you think, well, what was the point of that? Well, you know, there's no point. I it was wasting time. People are dying, and I've got people to save and. You know, I can't be wasting my time with this. We have to, it, we'd like to know where we are, don't we, Andrew? Facts, truth. Yeah, it's, it, to, to me, it's, it's probably the only way of doing business. Yeah. Uh, but notwithstanding that, we are both cognizant of the fact that, yeah, this is a complex, this will be a complex project at the highest yeah. level. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we are very keen that we don't get the funding from just any old Tom, Dick or Harry. This is going to be the right party, the right partner, that can probably knock the edges off all of us, yeah, to a degree, and give us the uh, the appropriate leverage. I think with the right stakeholders at yeah national, international, government level, that we're going to need to really give this the reach and scope that we want it to have. But yeah. fundamentally, at the end of the day, it is yeah, this is what we want to do. We are going to do it. End of story. Mm. Somehow, we're going to get it out there. There you go. Uh, Tony, what say you, my friend? You know, the, um, what was interesting and staggering and also um, hard to fathom that you've got 1.5 million births. And when you do the math, the, it's a tiny percent of help that they could yeah. possibly get and it it's amazing to me that it's taken um it's taken people like yourself to be exposed to that to not realize what an issue it is because it's not just saving those lives the lives that are not saved the adverse effect and everything that has a snowball effect because of the the deaths and diseases and everything else that comes from not being able to save those people to to help them to to just a small education which which can be very easily attained mm. and and readily available for anybody it, it it actually has a bigger impact than what what just looks on the surface it's not just about that it's so much more and that's really really yeah. impressive and, yeah, you, uh, you hit the key thing there, Tony. Yeah, this is, mm. yeah, for every life that you save and every person that we train and educate, yeah, you're actually improving their chances of lifting themselves out of poverty and lifting their local community out of poverty and lifting the country out of poverty. So this thing eventually becomes, you know, self-fulfilling in, in very many ways. And you look at, yeah, I've mentioned my probable little bit of dislike about, you know, policy, government, etc. But if you look at some of the, the direction of travel on international policy around uh, sustainability, for example, which yeah, maternal health is a big part of it. And, and it's a big part of it because if you correct the course, the current course of tra- trajectory on maternal and infant health care, yeah, you are going to have that profound impact on society. 
So we've had over the last 20, 30 years, we've had the Millennium Development Goals. Great. They've now morphed into the Sustainable Development Goals. Fantastic. But we're flying straight at the heart of that. And like I say, putting the person first and Mm. genuinely delivering what we think is going to be enabling technology, something that we throw away with abandon in the developed world in our desire to have the latest iPhone or what have you, we can deliver this for less than a dollar a head per year. And addressing 11 11 of those sustainable goals. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I I see it as so much deeper and wider than um, what, what your i mean i mean I, I every time you have anything you can take this pandemic that we've got right now and if there's something that would be um i mean this sounds terrible but disposal of that many bodies of people that don't make it that in itself creates such a huge problem that, that, again, that snowball effect can be absolutely devastating. So if you can just pivot, even if it's a small percent yeah. with your technology, it would obviously have an incredible effect in, in so many different areas. It's, it's absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. agree. Absolutely agree, Tony. Absolutely agree. Thank you. Well, I don't know. It sounds like uh, you may have your major investor sitting right here. I don't know. <laughs> We'd love him. <laughs> I'll send you the bank details, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Send you something from London, and you know, just as a teaser, saying, "All right, <laughs> uh, a little something from home." All right, it's uh, we're coming to the end of this particular episode of Make Your Pitch, but before we do. Uh, Tony, is there anything you'd like to ask before we close? You know, I uh, uh, love to uh, see how this progresses and love to keep uh, keep some tabs on how things are working because I'd uh, uh, love to um, definitely see how this works. I think this is such a, an incredible opportunity for um, people to obviously be able to make an impact in the world. So my hat's off to both of you and, and uh Henrietta, Andrew, I, I, I share your, your passion of trying to have uh, the vision that you have and, and thank you for sharing it because I certainly feel blessed to be a part of that. Thank you so much. And uh, to both uh, Henrietta and Andrew, anything you'd like to say before we close out? Well, I, I hope everybody's enjoyed hearing about it we um we love sharing it as you can imagine we can andrew and i can go on for hours and hours about it but um we've got a website it's taptapmedic.com and um you know if anybody wants to talk further or hear anything else about it we're more than happy to talk about it aren't we andrew yeah absolutely and i'll just add to that anybody who wants to come and join these very british oddballs on what we think (laughs) is a very profound uh journey um you would be very welcome. And you know, thank you, Chris, and thank you, Tony, thank you. For, you know, for taking the time to ask us on the show. It's been um, unrehearsed, as you probably guessed, but fantastic. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's always uh, unrehearsed. Uh, we we don't, uh, people don't understand. There are no scripts. So there's no direction. We just start talking, and that's the way it works out. Uh, and that's the best way because it, it gets the, into depth with things that people really believe and things from their heart 
that makes it happen. Because all of the people in startups, not just yourselves, but all people in startups, this is their baby. This is what they're passionate about. And if, if you can't expose the baby to the public, nobody will ever recognize it. Right, guys? So here we go. Okay. And that's what we're doing here on Make Your Pitch is exposing a, your baby to the public so it can grow up and start walking and start running and start becoming a reality. So thank you both for being on today, Henrietta and Andrew. Thank you for being a part of Make Your Pitch today. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. And uh, Tony, it's been a pleasure to have you on as our co-host today. Thank you so much for your participation and your expertise. Thank you. All right. As we close out to today's episode of Make Your Pitch, I want to remind everybody that uh, as investors, you look at some of these programs from various lenses. I know you do. I know that you look at it from the lens of, is this profitable? Uh, can we, can this actually uh, be it, uh, expanded? Can it, does it have a reach? I know all those things are enter your minds. And I think probably today you saw something that not only has a reach, but has a real purpose in life. And that also may be a part of your portfolio that may be very important. As we close, I want to thank everyone for being here. Always remember to listen, learn, and give. If you enjoyed today's episode of Make Your Pitch, go smash the subscription button. And if you want, leave us a five-star review. If you think you have what it takes to be on one of our episodes, contact us by going to the show notes to learn how. But most of all, be with us again next week for another episode of Make Your Pitch. Make Your Pitch.